Four years ago, I attended the housewarming of a friend who had just moved in with his girlfriend. I didn't know any of the guests, and there came a point when I was pretty over the party, but it was too soon to make an exit. So I bummed around on the couch and feigned an interest in what was playing on TV. Some minutes passed, and then a guy came along and sat down at a respectable distance from me. We struck up a conversation. He was friends with my friend's girlfriend. He'd driven down from Sydney where he lived. We talked about, of all things, engineering, and his knowledge of the subject planted the idea in my head that he was an engineer, a misconception that would persist for the next three years of our friendship. We tried to catch up whenever I was in Sydney. If we had dinner, he would always indulge my desire to seek out dessert afterwards. He never complained about driving us around and had a Buddhist monk-like Zen over the horrendous task of finding parking in Sydney CBD. Early in the new year, he told me he'd proposed to his girlfriend Katie. A couple of weeks later, he invited me to his wedding, which was to be held on Valentine's Day. The bride and groom agreed to let me cover their wedding for this podcast. And so it was that on the morning of February 14, I was on a bus bound for Sydney, microphone and all. You're listening to Love Canberra, a show about love, sex, and relationships here in the heart of the nation. I'm Ivana Ho. Shortly before 3pm on Valentine's Day, I was walking down a black paved laneway in central Sydney. Hey, Ken! I was headed for the site of the wedding nuptials, an elegant wine bar around the corner from the New South Wales Registry of Births, Deaths and Marriages, when I noticed Ken also making his approach. How are you? Good. Oh my goodness. Oh. We continued on our way to the venue. Are you excited, nervous? Really nervous. Yeah. 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 Ken looked really nervous, but he was also on a mission. We went inside and he disappeared into the crowd. The room was crowded and I felt a little out of place, all by my lonesome looking out onto groups of well-dressed people, laughing and talking together. But I reminded myself that I had a job to do, in addition to being there for my friend, of course. I began approaching people who were standing alone and otherwise not preoccupied. Are you a friend of Ken's? Uh, we're just the photographers. Okay. Oh, you're the celebrant then, are you? No, no. Um, I'm, I actually run a podcast in Canberra. I'm a friend of Ken's and oh, really? he let me bring my equipment down and awesome. do some recording today. Oh, so are you going to put this on the podcast yeah. then? Yeah, I hope so, yeah. <laughs> Ready for a big day ahead? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be fun. We just did some, um, some shooting with them around uh, Central Park and where they proposed to each other. Oh, yeah. Awesome, yeah. They got a little ice cream, started feeding each other. Oh, cute. And you've got a lot more shooting ahead, oh, don't loads. you? Yeah, Lo- yeah, there's loads of opportunity here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go and do a bit of uh, sure. shooting. 
Next, I spotted an older man scoping out the room. You look like you're looking out for somebody. No, 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 sorry. I'm, I'm the father of Kenny. Oh, wow, congratulations. Thank you, thank you very much. He seemed pretty nervous. <laughs> yeah, right. he, he had this like dazed look on his face. Yeah, it, it, it's a hot today, wasn't it? It is, yeah. Elsewhere. Are you also um, related to Ken? Ken? Yeah. Mother. Mother? Oh, well, congratulations to thank you, you too. Thank you, thank you. I'm a friend of Ken's from, from Canberra. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah, I just came up by bus this morning. Oh, yeah. thank you. <laughs> Um, how, how are you feeling at the moment? Uh, very happy. Happy? Yeah. From not knowing even any of Ken's friends, except those from the housewarming four years ago, I was now meeting his father and mother in quick succession. And then I met Katie, the beautiful bride herself. She's from Canberra and she got a podcast. I told you about the podcast. Yeah, I actually went on um, iTunes and yeah. I was listening. Which one? Oh. Which episode? Um, I don't remember. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's amazing. I've never heard anything like that before. Oh, thank like, you. Yeah. <laughs> and you look beautiful. Thank you. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> a little bit nervous, but yeah. yeah. What, what do you think you're nervous about? Are you recording me at the moment? <laughs> no, it's just, you know, like seeing all these people gathering and joining for us. It just um, makes me very happy. Yeah. And, um, and also, you know, thinking that um, it's a very, very important step um, in our life. I just feel overwhelmed. Okay, yeah, that's the right one. So yeah, it just—I don't know. I just you know want to. Um, no, I know. I it, it's it's not possible. But you know what's going to change? Um, Do you think things are going to change? I don't think any, anything should be any different. But you know, just you know being from in, in one hour Kane's wife yeah it's 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 in a way in a statement like it's it sounds I don't know different a bit yeah. so yeah I hope you know um, it will be a good journey yeah. for us and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm certainly wishing you both a very long and happy life together. Thank you. <laughs> Thank um, you. And so, um, is it all, is the ceremony happening very soon? Uh, in 15 minutes, 15 so it's minutes. about okay. to uh, kick in. Okay. Uh, we've done some photo shoots around this area because this, the reason why we picked up this location um, is very meaningful for us. Um, I met Kenneth uh, first time 
um, that is this Italian gelato place, um, and that's where we met first at, first each other, and uh, that's where he proposed me. Yeah. So yeah, we just wanted to stay close. Mm. I heard about uh, the photo shoot that you guys did there with, with some gelato, and you yes. were eating some gelato yes. in the photo. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's quite nice. cute, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it just like be going back to childhood and you know being silly and uh, just letting uh, our emotions and you know expressions come out and yeah it's definitely uh, I'm, I'm you know overwhelmed because this is the first time for me and that's my beautiful couple <laughs> <laughs> say hello to them Katie went off to greet her friends. I might never know what she was going to say in talking about this being her first time. Getting married is probably the safe guess. I stood around for a bit again before spotting Ken in the crowd. I made my way over to him and he introduced me to the man he was standing with. Ivana, Nick, my boss. Oh, hello, nice to meet you. With my mic in hand, Nick also mistook me for the celebrant. Um, I you the MC? After I cleared that up, we started talking about the function room that we could see into, which looked to be where the ceremony was going to take place. Yeah, it doesn't look like there's very much seating and no. I don't know who's meant to get those chairs. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy seats. to stand. Yeah. I said if he needs to kick me out, I'll go down to the pub and wait a bit later. Yeah. Mm, I think I may try to get a little bit closer. I wonder if those speakers are going to be used. Because I'm hoping to be able to like record yes, their vows or there. whatever else is said. Yes. I feel like I should take... Oh, okay. Well, there we go. People started filtering into the function room and taking a seat. I decided to follow and stood to the side by a speaker. A moment later, someone slid close the function room door. Just one from me to you to have your mobiles on silence for me. Thank you. Ken and Katie stood at the front of the room facing their guests. Ken exhibited perfect posture and had a large white rose in a top buttonhole. Katie had a matching flower in her hair and held a bouquet of assorted varieties and colours. To their backs was a pine-panelled wall affixed with a rose-gold-coloured balloon shaped into the word love. All right, um, good afternoon to everyone. My name is Diana Miskin and I am authorised by law to solemnise marriages. On behalf of Kenneth, Ken and Ekaterine Chakahanalize, um, I welcome you all today to witness and celebrate their marriage in accordance with the Commonwealth Marriage Act 1961. The marriage law requires that before a marriage can take place, you must make certain declarations. This means that you have both attained the age of 18 years, neither of you is married to anyone else. <laughs> And, and you're not directly related to each other by blood. <laughs> All right. 
So um, to go through the declarations, I'll first go with you, Kenneth. Do you, Kenneth, declare that you are over the age of 18? I do. <laughs> Not legally married? Not directly related to each other? And do you, Ekaterine, declare that you are over the age of 18, not legally married, and not directly related? Yes, uh, I, I declare. <laughs> All right. Now, um, can I please ask Kenneth and Ekaterine to come over to the table? Because I need to get the declaration signed. Ken and Katie walked to a small table, draped in a white tablecloth a few steps away. As I attended to the paperwork, I looked around the room at their 40-odd excited friends and family, who chatted to each other and took photos of the couple, while one of Katie's friends nearby attempted to keep his infant entertained. So now that the necessary formalities have been carried out and it appears that there is nothing to prevent the marriage from taking place, we may now proceed with the marriage ceremony. Before you join in marriage, I am to remind you of the solemn and binding nature of the relationship that you are about to enter. And marriage, according to law in Australia, is the union of two people to the exclusion of all others voluntarily entered into for life. Now, can I ask the two of you to join hands together? And we will now go through the vows. Kenneth, do you wish to take Ed Katarin as your wife in marriage? I do. And do you, Ed Katarin, Wish, uh, wish to take Kenneth as your husband in marriage? Yes. I <laughs> All right. Now, Kenneth, I want you to repeat after me. I call upon the persons here present to witness that I, Kenneth King Chang Hui, Take you, Kathleen Chokong Validas, to be my lawful wedded wife. On this day, I patch with my heart to love and cherish you, to bring you happiness and strength as we are joined together as one. I call upon the person here present to witness that I, Ekaterin Chomonedice, take you, Kenneth King Chong Hoi, to be my lawful widow, husband. On this day, with my heart to love and cherish you, to bring you happiness and strength as we are joined together as one.
Now, um, Kenneth and um, Ekaterin have their own bells uh, written to each other. Um, Kenneth, you will go first. Okay. Katie, you are the most amazing person. Your soul is truly genuine, kind and full of life. Ever since I first met you from the Janado place around the corner, I know that my life will be changed forever. From today's onward, my purpose in life is to hold you, to cherish you, and dedicate my love to you. There was a pause as a celebrant invited Katie to read her vows to Ken. <laughs> the crowd burst into laughter when they saw that she had a much larger piece of paper with a significantly longer speech than Ken's. And here, the PA equipment quite unfortunately decided to play up. Later to you, I already have tears in my eyes. At last, the day is finally here as we come husband and wife. Things always fall into place at the right time and the timing for us was perfect. Whatever happened the first time, although I never told you, it didn't take me long to know that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with you. They say when you meet your soulmate, you should not sign or is what gravitates whole heart accepting your faults and strengths as you do mine. I promise to be faithful and supportive to always make our families love and happiness my priority. I will be yours in plenty and in wants, in sickness and in health, in failure and in triumph. I will dream with you, celebrate with you, and walk beside you through whatever our lives may bring. You are my life, and my love, today and always. Okay, so, um, Ekaterin and Kenneth have chosen to exchange rings as an outward symbol of their commitment to each other. Now, I want you to place the ring on her left ring finger, and you've got to repeat after me, okay? With this ring, I read you, and patch my love and commitment. I'm saying with you, please repeat after me, on her east left ring finger. With this ring, I Wed you and pledge my love and commitment. Alright, so now by the authority vested in me, I now pronounce you husband and wife. And Kenneth, you may kiss your bride. And just like that, it was done. Simple, lovely, 
joyous. Short too. The formalities clocked in at 11 minutes. You know what they say. Short wedding, long marriage. Congratulations to the two of you. I've got a card from me to you. And this little gift from the registry as well for the two of you. Okay. It is also my pleasure to present to you the certificate of marriage on behalf of the registry of Besties and Marriages. Ken and Katie posed for photos for a few minutes, and then Ken called for everyone to head outside for a group photo. It took a while for everyone to filter out to the laneway. While I waited, a guy came up to me. Hey, Ivana, right? Yeah. Uh, I met you like many years ago. Oh, Manny. really? Yeah. Um, what was your name again? Manny. Manny. Yeah, friend of Lucy. Oh, yeah, yeah. cool. You, yeah, probably what? at the house party. Yeah, maybe? when we went to Canberra. Yeah, well, yeah. that was when I met Ken. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. yeah I heard I you've got so. a podcast. I do have a podcast, yeah. and that's you why I'm people? kind of yeah, just you know, whoever wants to. You chat. should interview my wife, Christine. She's got plenty oh. to say. Chris, this is Ivana. Ivana, Christine, Hi. my wife. Nice to meet you. I heard about your little, what you're gonna do today. Oh. He's like, you, you better talk to her because we yeah. need to corroborate our story. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should go first. Nah, I have no story. <laughs> so how did you guys, um, I guess, meet Ken? Oh, um, Ken. So I met Ken through email. Yeah, um, so we were studying Japanese. And then, yeah, he just came in a classroom. It was actually the wrong class. Um, and then, but he was pretty funny, so the class voted to keep him. Yeah. And then since then, we were just studying Japanese and traveling and yeah, just hanged out, so that was pretty good. Yeah, so you've been friends for quite a few years? Yeah, about yeah. nine years now. Okay. Yeah, so it's a cool guy. And did you think that this day would come, that you'd be at his wedding someday? I did. Yeah, I, I always, did as well. I always knew. I did as well. <laughs> we chatted for a bit about the ceremony and the vows, and then Katie came over. Congratulations! Thank you. Congratulations. You did very well. I liked your story compared to the two <laughs> sentences he gave. Yeah, What's going on? I, I can't hear if, if it was on the microphone, so I kind of wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. 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 you've, you've got the rest of your life to tell that story. Yeah, let's quickly imagine just We huddled on a stage-like area of the laneway that was laid with short turf. Overhead, red and yellow lanterns dangled from a tree. In a feat of minor acrobatics, the female photographer clambered onto a male counterpart's shoulders and he stood up, giving her altitude. Despite their precarious positioning, the photographers became animated, trying to get us to smile, be serious, be silly. After the group photo, there were more photos as Ken and Katie posed with different groupings of friends. After a couple of awkward attempts, I surged forward for a photo with the newlyweds. Then it was back to wondering what I was going to do for the next three hours until the reception at 7pm.
I was saved by Christine, who offered for me to hang out with her crew. Yeah, so who's Jack again? You said it's like Jack's crew. Oh, Jack crew. Jack crew. The Japanese. So oh. they all studied Japanese together. Oh, I That's see, of course. Them. Okay. Cayman, um, E-man, Ken, Lucy. Yeah. Um, oh, and Sheng as well. Mm. They were all in the same class and mm-hmm. then were all their partners. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so it's like the same friendship group. As we talked, Christine led the way to an Aussie pub at the bottom of the lane, where she spoke to one of her friends, a partner of one of the Jap crew members. Is the aircon alright? It's freezing in here. Outside, the lime green tiled pub looked out of place and out of time in a laneway crammed with stylish modern restaurants and bars. Inside, it also felt like being in a time warp. Despite some decorating touches that lent it a bit of poshness, I felt conspicuous in my group of fancily attired folk. Quite the change of pace from where we were. I know. Well, we thought we need somewhere that, that we can sit for a couple of hours. Yeah. I was introduced to the Jap crew, and I should mention that inside the pub, it was not only freezing cold in stark contrast to the weather outside, but it was also extremely noisy so it won't be possible to make out everything that I've recorded. Hi. This is nice to meet you. Hi. Hi, I'm Shane. Hello. Nice to meet you. Is that too many? I'm Kevin. Hi. This place is actually pretty fancy. Taps beer is like, they've got like craft beer and stuff. Yeah, like the beer's here actually really good. I don't know, I feel like they're still in their transition period, you know, from yeah. kind of like old Class. Sydney pub to kind of trying to get more classy. <laughs> the, 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 the many prices transition first. <laughs> in case you missed that, I commented on how the pub seemed to be slowly gentrifying, and Shane joked that it was starting that process with the menu prices. I'm going to ask him what, what, yeah. what's on happy hour. That's the important question. Uh-huh. Yes. It's usually from like 5 o'clock or something, isn't it? What time is it? It's 4. Before I go any further, I just wanted to say how awesome these guys were. They took me in, let me hang with them for three hours, and indulged me by answering questions for this podcast. Ken, your friends are amazing. Do you know anyone else? Four to six? No, I only know you. Oh, wow, okay, yeah. Hang out with us. Alright. Margarita. Something margarita. Clear margarita. Christina rummaged in her bag for a pen to write in the card which lay flat on the table. I was like, I need a small pen that will fit in my bag. Because I always forget to bring a pen. Have you not written in the card yet or? I usually always I always wait till after the ceremony. Really? Uh, oh wow. Because so I'm just like, Ken, I know you were really happy but you weren't smiling. <laughs> <laughs> Ken was super stressed. Yeah, he looks so nervous. Saying that. Yeah. But he had his thinking face on. But he's a planner, he's like, I'm gonna do this, now I'm gonna do that. Yeah. But yeah, you can see that on his face. Hopefully he'll like just relax now that that's over and he's yeah. like, enjoy the photos. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a bit sad, isn't it? I was thinking before that there should be someone, kind of like the maid of honour, who takes charge, organises everything, yeah. you know, just uh, shepherds everyone to where they need to be so yeah. that the bride yeah. and groom don't have to think about all that, you know, they can just enjoy 
going through the motions. There's always one. You were the planner. Some people. We didn't want to pay the money, so. But if I had a like, destination wedding, it would be like, there would be a, But there's always a, normally a planner when there's a destination wedding. So yeah. I still knew everything though. Like, I still hey, knew where I had to be. It was so much easier. Sorry? Once we got to Toowoomba, because that, there was a wedding planner with the venue. So they just did everything. It was so cool. Like, they had them and their sister. Yeah. But then, like, I was... Because, like, and then um, during the ceremony, our celebrant pretty much did all the coordinating. I was like, thank God. So I was like, just the planning leading up to the day. And then on the day, I was like, oh, I'm done. I can just enjoy it. Yeah. So is everyone at this table married? No. I don't know what it feels like. <laughs> what does it feel like on the day? It's, yeah, it must be nerve-wracking and stressful. You want to make sure, like, everything is, like, going according to plan. On the day, I was so, like, just... I just enjoyed everything. You just had enough. Leading up to it was stressful. And then the week before and the day, I was all... Oh, okay. The only thing I was stressed about leading up on the week was the weather. Because it was like... Because it was an outdoor ceremony. Yeah, but that was like, I kept telling myself, I can't control, I can't control, I have a backup plan, there's nothing you can do. So I was just like, yeah. Then on the day when the sun came out, I was like, oh, yeah. Where did you go to We had it at um, Toronto Zoo uh, for the reception, and then the ceremony was at Bradley's Head, so it was outdoors. I remember, yeah, I dropped Chang off. Yeah, yeah, that was a nice day. That was yeah, a it was a nice day. Yeah. But the weekend before we did the um, rehearsal, like at the location, it was like really, like it was raining, it was windy, and we're like, if this is gonna like this next week, we're screwed. Because we had a backup plan, but it yeah. meant it was gonna be indoors. And, yeah, 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 not as nice. Yeah. Oh, nice. So we paid for both, and then we just like went, well, we don't want to use the backup, but we pay for so it. So you still have to pay for the backup? Yeah, we paid a thousand dollars for the backup. Case. Yeah, just in case. A thousand dollars. Yeah. And so why was it important for you guys to get married? Um, so for, or it's, a, it's mainly family, but also like we're eventually going to like want our kids and everything. So like, um, it's just kind of like, yeah, just having that all kind of like neat and tidy, like, you know, we prefer to do it that way. You mentioned because of the family as well. Um, what was it that the family wanted? Well, it's kind of like, because we're both Chinese background, so it's kind of like, um, yeah, like our, and when we're both the oldest as well, so like our parents, like, you know, they like want us to get, you know, like properly married as opposed to like just, you know, being de facto or whatever. So, you know, that kind of like also helps tick the parents' boxes and, you know, so it just kind of adds to it. Like, it's the reason why, you know, we got married, kind of thing. Yeah. So it didn't bother you if you were just like de facto? Yeah, end of the day, to me, it doesn't really matter. But I, I'm not like one of those people that like strongly opposes to marriage because I've, I've, I've had some friends which are like, oh, you know, the whole marriage thing, signing paper, like it's so like, it's not practical and it's just like, it's symbolic and it's like, they're really opposed to it. Whereas like, you know, I'm not, but like, kind of like growing up and also like, you know, to me it was like, well, I don't find the right person, it doesn't happen, then it doesn't happen, like I won't be like devastated kind of thing, like, but then, you know, we find the right person and, you know, we want to be committed to each other, like, you know, don't do it. Um, and it's also not, you know, I know some people, they're like really, really religious and they're like, look, it has to be done properly because um, of religion and stuff. Like for me, it was none of that either. It's because like, you know, you know, we wanted to get married as well. Yeah. So I guess to me, that adds to the, I guess, the romantic side of it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And so if you hadn't found the right person, mm. yeah. what else do you think there would have been in your life to kind of make it full? Um, well, you know, I've got like great family, great friends, like um, 
you know, like I focus on my career and like hobbies and stuff. So like to me, it would never have been like, oh, I need to find someone to fill, you know, a gap in a void. Um, so yeah, so I guess that's you know the the reason why I said that. <laughs> yeah. But what does marriage mean to you then um, in going through that process? Like, um, I mean, I guess you're doing it to satisfy almost external needs, but um, but then in doing it, you know, what did that kind of mean to you? Well, so going through that actual ceremony and actually, you know, saying yeah, the words to each other and everything, it's to me, it means like a commit, like a lifetime commitment to each other, and that you know we are there to support each other. We're like, you know, partners. We're a team. We'll go through everything together. And so that's like what it means to me. And it, it like means, um, you know, that I've, I've got someone that I can rely on, that, and he's also got someone that he can rely on. Like I'll always be there. For him. So that's how did you know, um, when did you know, and how did you know that he was the person who, you know, could have that future with? Yeah, um, yeah, that's an interesting question. I don't think there was, like, a moment where it clicked and went, oh, my God, like, I know that's him. Because we'd been together for eight years before we got married, so we got engaged, like, six-ish, seven, yeah, about six and a half, seven years into us dating, I think, right? So, yeah, well, so I think it was, like, a gradual kind of, like, process where... I kind of came to that realisation. I, I don't even, I can't even pinpoint at what time or what year in our relationship I kind of felt that. We just became like, things were just gradual, like our finances slowly started getting blurred. Even though we weren't living together when we, before we got married or anything, but it was just like, it was, it was just, he was just like fully part of my life. I was fully part of his and I, I was always like, you know, out his family stuff and vice versa. Because um, we, did, we did a year of long distance relationship as well. And, um, so where were each he, he was in London um, and then I was in Sydney so he went because there was a job opportunity um, that came up and then for me it wasn't the right time for me to move because of work rise so we did about a year and three months long distance but I did go to um, Europe to visit him as well we travelled around a bit kind of thing like but um, actually I don't know if I had to think back to like I guess that was really what solidified that I knew um, he was the one I could stand the rest of my life with because throughout that year like you know after that year was like okay we spent a full year well almost a full year apart kind of thing like but we kept in contact the whole time and our relationship actually grew stronger and i was like this is why i knew i could trust him and i think like you know vice versa as well so i think if it was like our hard moment it would have been around that time so i think i was about like five-ish years five six years into us being together yeah but even before then like you know had he not have gone overseas i think we would have still ended up getting married i don't know at what point in time did that move forward or not but um you know that kind of like really really solidified why do you think that you're the right one for him um why do i think i'm the right one for him i think it's because i think i keep him honest like and keep him real like i'll I'll just bag him out and tell him things as it is. So I think he yeah, needs that person to kind of like, you know, tell him. You can ask him now. No, no, don't, don't ask me. You've got this new story. Would you like Too to much just pressure. repeat um, why was it you feel like you're the right person Oh, for okay. You? So the question is why am I the right person for you? She has so, many doubts. And, and, and tell me, tell him what you said. Okay, okay, no, no. So I said that I think I'm the right person for you because I keep you real and honest. I'll tell you as it is, I'll tease you, I'll like, you know, when it, like, you know what I mean? Like, I just, don't you agree? Don't you agree? <laughs> yes, all of the above. I just, 
and were you the right person for her? I'm pretty cool. That's pretty much all there is. I don't know. <laughs> you gotta tell, you interview, you gotta tell the oh. truth. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling the truth when I say that. So, pretty cool. So that's all I care about. Like, if you had to, like, make your case, right? Oh, I keep like, her calm. Like, oh no, not, not that guy, not that guy, me. Oh. I'm the one who's, who's around. I keep her calm, she's a little bit crazy. Put some logic into her life. <laughs> and the cool aspect, oh, definitely yeah, the cool aspect. You yeah. yeah. bring some cool to your life. Yeah, oh, according to him, yeah. Yes. <laughs> They raise their glasses in a toast to Ken and Katie. Cheers! 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 Cheers, Ken. So was that the... Have you guys met Katie before that? Yeah. Okay. So I don't know very much about her. Like, how would you guys describe her? Uh, someone go first. She's very outgoing. She's a very warm person. Like you, when you yeah, like yeah, when you first meet her, you feel like you've just you've met her for a long time. Like, she's very open and very warm. And, like she's. I love her laugh. <laughs> <laughs> She'll like light up the whole room. Um, yeah, I got along with her straight away. really easy to talk to. I remember the first time I met her. I think that was at your birthday. That was the very first time I met her. Mm. Birthday, yeah. mm. And she was just like, but like I was talking to her like I'd known her for years. Like she was just very easy to get yeah. talk to. Yeah. And I was like, I think, yeah, the Probably first thing I thought mm. after like spending five minutes with her, I was thinking, Ken, you've done well. Yeah. And did you notice that like Ken was different around her in any way? Yeah, yeah, you guys, this is the first of Ken's boyfriends, uh, girl, girlfriends, boyfriends, girlfriends I've ever met. Yeah, he's ever rolled out to us. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I don't know if you guys have met his no. previous girlfriend. I've never met any of you. No, I've never met his previous yeah. girlfriend. You said you never really. Met we never saw them. Well, I don't think it was ever I serious mean, of any of them. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Ken's like very secretive about who he dates. So the fact that we met her. Uh, Ken has a very busy social life, so the fact that we got to meet her is actually fantastic. You always have to look into their diary. Do you think that getting married changes anything? Like sort of changes things between you and your partner or changes things between the two of you and everybody else, like you with your friends and, and all that? What? I'm not married, does it? Does it? Does it? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, between the two of us is the same, but I guess with the friends, you're a lot more boring. So, so getting married just yeah. by, by yeah. default just makes so you more boring. boring now. You just stay at home. Yeah, right. You're out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're meeting up with Jake every Friday at the home. Like. No, I have to say, like Friday nights now, it's just more about going home and chilling as opposed to Wait, going out every night. Can I just It's got nothing to do with me. It's all about to do with him trying to save money. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, but it's got nothing to do with me though. Yeah, no. <laughs> we all, She's very excited. Yeah. 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 Or just being like, you know. Yeah, there we go. Enjoy. That's the answer. Yeah. You say you have to save a lot more money when you're married. What are you saving up for? For a house. And for a new handbag for me. Yeah, so when your wife spends a lot of money, you have to save money. So. 
You have to sacrifices. Seek, seek happy hour. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you have to summarize it's sacrifices you make so your wife can spend more money. <laughs> but I know that Ken, um, you know, really did start settling down a lot more, um, even as he was just dating Katie, even before he was considering marrying her. And he said, you know, oh, yeah, like, I don't go out to clubs anymore, and, you know, don't really go out drinking very much. And yeah, very interesting to see that kind of transition in him. We're going to ask Chris, she's also I'm married, but I don't feel married. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Um, I think to answer your question, um, marriage solidifies a couple things, like a lot of things in your relationship, but it doesn't, like if you're, if you're right for each other, it shouldn't really change anything day to day. Um, so our story is we, we've been together 15 years and our five year anniversary is coming up. So we actually, when we, when we got married, we were already dating for 10 years. So. How old were you when you met? Oh, um, 15. Okay. Yeah, I was 15 when I met him and I think 16 when we started going out. So, so you were like both in the same high school? So we were babies. <laughs> um, but I wasn't his first girlfriend, so you can ask him about what happened before that. Um, but yeah, so I think it's, it's good when you find the right person. It shouldn't change much materially. Um, but yeah. I think I like the changes I've seen in Ken. Um, you can tell that he really loves her because he he looks after Katie very well. In um, what way? Just how he acts around her. How he's very attuned to what she likes, doesn't like, and he's he's always been a true gentleman. So yeah, I think. Be a real bad boy. Yeah, now he's, he's now bad now look at him. Refined <laughs> gentleman. Mm. You have another question. Yeah. For me? It was like being not married. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long you've never been married. Yeah. Um, would, I, would you be interested in settling down? Do you want to settle down eventually? Oh, I thought, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and what does settling down even like mean to you? Uh, means to be mature and to be less. Uh, He's not ready yet. <laughs> <laughs> not me Clearly right now. <laughs> no, it's uh, he has so many feelings they yeah. can't summarize it. That's it. No, it just it's it, it just to, to be more mature, to look towards the long term, and have more priorities other than just having fun all the time. So at some point, you get to a stage where you go, I've got to stop being a goose and like. Think about like for example buying a house that's probably one big aspect of settling down or getting married or whatever it might be having kids so you know those are real long-term decisions that require a lot of maturity thought commitment and stuff so that's what settling down means to me so this is pretty personal but is everyone around the table interested in having kids do you all want to have kids i would love yeah. to okay why why? Yeah. Because <laughs> sometimes you're having too much fun and you need to 
make life a bit harder for yourself. So. <laughs> make it Actually, no, I've got a better one for you. When you're a kid yourself, you want to play with other kids. That's true. Exactly. <laughs> That's true. I just want other kids to play with, alright? <laughs> well, adults are too boring, right? When your spouse grow up, you need other kids, so they're a bigger kid. Many fans will be like, in order to train little me to run marathons, I need to have kids. I asked him that, I asked him that. like a week ago. I said, what if we have kids and, and your kids don't have the same interests as you? And he was just like... He said, what do you mean kids? <laughs> and then we started fighting about the, the number of kids. So that was, it was like a two-way conversation. So the first thing was... What do you mean? Like, how could that be a possibility? Because <laughs> <laughs> my kid's gonna be awesome. You <laughs> were saying because he loves, he loves like triathlon, so swimming, running, cycling. Um, so I said, oh, what if your kid, like, what if we have a kid and they don't like swimming and running and or cycling? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I said, how would you deal with that? And he's like, mm. like longest, longest uh. pause. And then I said to him, you know, you have to be ready for that. Yeah. If you have kids, they're not, they're not going to be exactly what you envision. Yeah. And then we started um, arguing about the number of kids. And so how many did you want? I want two. Okay. And yeah, how many did like you want? I like even numbers. Uh, so I'm he, like... He wants I, five, doesn't he? <laughs> he wants two max because he's thinking about the economic uh -huh. cost of having children. Um, As in the cost for him, to have for him or, or like the population? No, thing, just you know? like feasibly. <laughs> yeah, for the greater good. I don't want to have kids. I don't want to overpopulate the earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that for seconds. I was yeah. like, oh, how considerate of him. Yeah. But he's talking about, he's thinking about your own pocket, right? Like, <laughs> how, how many kids can actually afford to live comfortably, of course? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's expensive. Yeah, no, it's I don't want more than two either, for the same reason. Also, the car gets annoying when you have too many. Like, it's just... Three max. Three max. Oh, two. Oh, max. And then you need to upgrade to Yeah. Three. The fourth yeah. one, you're kicking out of the house. You also <laughs> make the decision. It's your body. Huh? It's not your body. It's my yeah, body. Yeah, but still. Yeah. The fourth kid ever comes, you're like, I love you, son. Or daughter. But just get, just get on my moped. You don't, you don't fit in the me. car. <laughs> you're going in the, on the moped. You're on the roof. You're like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have like a, a more serious answer to why have kids? Why you want kids? So they can look after you as well when you're older. Like you like looking at my parents. Like mom has three kids that we, you know, then look after her when she's older because she's looked after her. Just to continue the legacies. Yeah. No. Yeah. What, what legacy? Just the, the family line. <laughs> family line. It's pretty much why you. I'd say that's probably the main reason. I bet it comes down to what you would consider like your ideal family unit. And it also comes down to, I guess, your upbringing. Yeah. So I've seen with other friends that have, they haven't had the nuclear family, like they haven't had the mum and dad around. That, that actually comes into play on whether or not they have children in the future. So um, yeah, I think it's a personal choice. Um, and I think nowadays you just have to be respectful of 
how other people come about that decision and not judge because there's a whole myriad of reasons why people don't have kids and why people want to but yeah you can't you can't judge people for that and, and do you, did you guys all kind of have pretty happy childhoods um, you know your parents all still together you know that kind of thing I mean because based on what you've just said it sounds like if you did grow up that way if you've got two parents are still together and maybe you had siblings then you may be more inclined to go on to have children yourself to kind of um, model what you experienced growing up. So do you feel that, did, did all you guys then have like stable, happy upbringings with parents who are still together? My parents are not together ever since I was born. But I know the hardships that my mom went through, so I think I can learn from that and um, know what I don't want in a marriage and what I would like and what I envision my marriage to be. And I guess it teaches me what to look for in a man. And what are those things? So in terms of the first one, like, so what is it that you want out of your marriage and don't want? Oh, well, I guess, I don't know, stability and, um, I don't know, just to be there for you, like, in times of low and high. Um, <laughs> um, like I guess everything that my real dad wasn't to my mom, like I want, like yeah. basically be there for her to provide and obviously he wasn't there. So you learn from that as well? I learned from that and I'm like, okay, I, I don't want that. I want the total opposite to what mom had. So, yeah. In a way, it teaches you, but it also um, to, yeah, it makes you know what you actually really want out of your own love life and your marriage. That was your upbringing. Upbringing, yeah, and you can only learn from that. You can't pick your um, parents. Yeah, you can't pick your parents, unfortunately. But you know, you can take that and learn from it. Yeah, my parents have been together thirty plus years, like thirty something years. So. You know, their marriage wasn't perfect, but it was a happy family. So my sister at the moment, my younger sister, she's six months pregnant. Oh yeah, she, yeah. yeah. Um, so she's six months pregnant, and my yeah, my parents are pretty excited over the moon. Yeah, first grandkid. How are you aware that your parents didn't have like the perfect marriage? Um, just from what happened in the household, like there would be, because um, they're both very different personalities. So it's interesting seeing how like two different personalities trying to make it work as a couple. Um, yeah, so I I saw it based on my experiences growing up, um, and when you're younger. Um, parents take for granted how much you understand as a child. Yeah, so even even if you don't understand the context of what they might be arguing about, you can feel it, like you can feel the tension. Um, so yeah, I picked up things like that. Nothing major. Um, everything they were able to work through. Um, but yeah, I think people don't give credit to the fact that kids are very attuned to family life and energy. Yeah, so I learned, like based on my experiences, I learned from what I went through and, you know, that shaped 
what I would want in a marriage and what I need to watch out for. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, similar to Roxy. Yeah. I guess this is what's what we can do, right? Because they're the ones with experience. We can only sort of judge and see what yeah. we want for ourselves. And take on what's good. And, and yeah. like, learn, learn, yeah. learn from the experience. Yeah. I turned my recorder off and mostly listened as the Jap crew and their partners joked around with one another, relived past events, and generally just chatted as friends with the shared history do. The next two and a half hours passed by fairly uneventfully. When 7pm came, we left the pub and made our way back to the wine bar, which was also the venue for the reception. Once inside, we were guided up a flight of stairs, the handrail for which was decorated in a riot of vines and flowers. More of the same greeted us when we reached the loft level. One pillar appeared overgrown with greenery. Ferns and flowers wound around a narrow wooden frame in a way that was both wild and tamed. Underneath the frame glowed three pink neon words. Katie and Ken. Over the next half hour, the floor became flooded with people in fancy dress. I ate, chatted with other guests, and kept an ear out for my next interview opportunity. In the middle of some arancini balls and soft cheeses, I found myself talking to a man about relationships. He told me he regretted getting married, and my ears twitched. I let him talk a bit longer before I practically begged him to hold his thought while I went to get my recorder. Fortunately, when I returned, he was still there, eating calmly. I don't know if I want to be recorded. I know what you're going to say. I know all your tactics. What, what, is, what is the podcast about? Love, sex and relationships. Alright, well I've got some new thoughts I guess. And what do you mean some new thoughts? Just marriage I guess. New compared to what? Just potentially marriage is the wrong concept. Really? Maybe. You know, I had a friend once who believed that um, wedding rings should dissolve after like two years or something so that you can like Yeah, well we had a, me and my friend who's recently divorced had a conversation about a new theory about a, a 10 year renewal registration system. 10 years is quite a long time though. Well, I mean, it's long enough to, you know, give it a go, but every 10 years it's not assumed to renew. You have to do it yourself and then you have to review your relationship to renew it. And if the parental uh, responsibilities are kind of preset during the registration, it kind of dissolves the whole divorce thing. Um, but, you, but I mean, divorce would still be an entitlement though, like you could still get divorced if things weren't working. Well, what we're saying is if your registration lapses, then you just lapse your marriage. There's no divorce. You could get divorced before 10 years. Yes, that's what I mean. You'd have certain penalties or you have to work it out or whatever. If you had that system, you'd already set the tone for your marriage anyway. 
it's not as if it's not permanent, it's just that you can review it. And so everything that you do would be based on a more proactive, it could be, it could be beneficial actually. Right now it's just forever. And so it's daunting. You might have made the wrong, I made the wrong choice. In terms of person or just getting married generally? Uh, I, th I think the concept of why I got married was wrong. I guess it's, it's something like I wanted to get married so I can keep moving on with my life. And sometimes you're scared that, you, as a guy, you're scared of a few things. For me, one of the big things you're scared of is you don't know how long it's going to last because there's probably a history for men to cheat and to get bored. And so, and then so you, you're thinking, can you get married for 30 years or 50 years? And so how do you guarantee that? And so the way to guarantee that is to find someone who you would judge logically and objectively. And sometimes that actually means leaving out love. Um, because love sometimes is brief and, and, and temporary. Well, I mean, there's also the triangle theory of love where it starts off as being passionate and then if the relationship is successful, it moves through, you know, the, the other phases. Sure, there's probably, I mean, there's, there's multiple levels of love um, and especially having been married for eight years, I, because I'm a, I'm a so I take creativity very seriously and I bring that into my my marriage and then I make up love so for many years I thought I could just make it up what do you mean how do you make up love so you know maybe she's not my type or maybe there wasn't much stimulus to kind of just go off but um, but I'm creative enough to just create solutions where you could just make yourself believe that uh, make yourself feel you, you can, for me, creativity, creativity can solve almost everything. I mean, in terms of feelings, I can understand how, you know, passion could wane, certainly, and maybe even attraction. But if, but I think that there is some level of underlying feeling, that, you know, of love, that you can't really talk yourself into feeling, you know? Well, well possibly I can. And also, the other part of it is, I think a lot of people are marrying for the wrong reasons. And that underlying passion that you talk about might not exist. And so they find themselves in a conundrum between a serious consequence or, or maintaining a lie. And maintaining a lie is easier. And it's always going to be a buffer zone of several years before you admit that you don't want to lie anymore. Um, so I think that's the reality of a lot of marriages. Um, I guess the regret for me is sometimes you get scared that you, you never meet this so-called one. And then now I wish I could have waited. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. Do you wait and risk that also being a lie? Is your concept of a person ever going to exist? 
or do you take the plunge and get married but then not making the right choice? I guess it really depends on what your concept was of the person who you wanted to marry, this kind of ideal that you had in your mind. If, if you're chasing an ideal, then yes, it would be quite hard to meet someone who matches up to that ideal but if it's a case that um, you know you just find someone and you just kind of naturally fall into each other's rhythms and you just feel so comfortable with them um, that getting married doesn't really change very much and it just kind of you know confirms that this is a person who you can continue to do this with for you know um, time immemorial you know well, I think there's a huge momentum to just daily life. You have to maintain this life and it becomes a huge pressure just to maintain it. And so you don't get out. I don't, I don't think that you have to maintain anything. I just think it depends on whether you're willing to suffer the consequences of another decision Sometimes that you might make. Sometimes there's a whole lot of guilt involved that you made the wrong choice and I've got a kid so now there's a kid involved. And you can read all the internet you want and it's going to say the kid's going to be alright. But you're not sure. So you said before that you got married as a way to kind of keep your life going or something. What did you, what did you mean? Uh, I'm, I'm a very creative person. I have a lot of goals. Uh, learning for me is one of my biggest things. And I felt that I couldn't keep uh, progressing in my life if I wasn't responsible for something and so marriage was a way for me to kind of um, learn more about life so that you could have like different life experiences or something like that yeah yeah to be responsible to to make I guess mature choices outside of yourself um, and I've been doing that and I've done it okay and after a while you question whether these were the choices that you actually made or you made for other reasons um, and that's where I'm at now. So are you unhappy in your life? I guess. Um, happiness was never something that I strive for anyway. But then I guess well, the first in many years I'm actually asking that question. Would you get married again? If I did, you can always say this and it's hypothetical, so... I wish, I, I can only say I, I probably wish I waited for someone I was actually in love with. How do you think you'd feel if you were in love? You'd feel that all that mattered was being together and that everything else was solve itself. I think when I got married it was the other way around. You tried to solve everything else but you forgot about the one thing which was just how you felt being together and craving for that. And even if you felt it was going to be temporary. So I guess it's that. It's it's just wanting to be in the same spot, sharing things almost every minute. And 
not having all the answers, but everything else will solve itself because you want to be together. Yeah. I mean, when your child becomes, you know, old enough and maybe moves out of home or whatnot, I mean, that could be also a time for you to, you know, call it quits and look for someone else. Sure. And I will consider that as we speak. Right now, I'm actually thinking of salvaging it. So, <laughs> um, salvaging the salvaging the marriage. Yeah. H- how would you do that? Just being creative and putting effort. It's not that hard. It's not that hard to salvage a marriage. No. You just gotta convince yourself otherwise, and there's nothing different to you convincing yourself there's the one. It's really just how you want to see things but look where that got you in the first place who doesn't live in a lie I mean you grew up living a culture's dreams and your parents wishes it's not so much the lie it's it's choosing choosing the battle Um, so we post rationalize all the time you design something because that's how you feel but then you Add the logic later. It's the choice. That's really where freedom is. It's not about truth or lies. It's about what you choose and how you want to live. The result. The equation and the result. Do you think that your wife feels the way that you do? No, she doesn't think about any of this stuff. How do you know? I mean, you've not talked to her about this kind of thing before. We don't talk. We just don't talk. One big um, phenomenon that happens with marriages is you meet somebody who's one person and after a while they're not that person from various events. Even if you try to keep consistent, sometimes that person changes and the whole dynamic changes and you don't know who you marry anymore. That happens. Do you think that you've changed? Oh, of course I've changed. But I think she's changed more. So, so how, who was the person that you married and what is she like now? Drinking, partying, you know, having fun. Now there's no drinking, there's no coffee, there's all rules and no play. It's just different. Yeah. Well, maybe she underwent that transition of, you know, becoming more mature and developing and uh, becoming more responsible. Having a kid does that. Their body changes and metabolism changes. They feel different about themselves. And it turns out they don't know how to get back. They go one way and they don't question whether it's the right way. So it forces a relationship into a different phase which you can't claim back. And do you miss like drinking and going out and all that sort of stuff? It's not so much just the fun. It's just the attitude, I think. Um, probably there's a there's a level of intimacy that's lacking and that's a huge problem it turns out for a lot of married couples a lack of intimacy and you'd, you'd say intimacy means physical but it, there's a theory about you know whether the physical is an expression of love itself probably is you lack the physical does that mean you lost, love someone less I don't know maybe I mean, I don't think that the two um, 
I don't think that physicality always is bound up in love. And I also don't think that, yeah, um, because you can express intimacy and love through touch and being physical, but then you can also be physical with people who you don't have feelings towards. Well, I think there's a huge question mark in terms of how you feel when you do have bodily contact. And I think a big proportion of that will end up being equated to feelings of love. Sometimes lacking the physical... I guess I'm, I'm saying this. As long as if you can't do without it, we can do, with, we can do without lots of things. We can do without chips and soft drink and pizza. But sometimes you just... You, you wish it was still there. And it, 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 it results in unknown factors in how you feel. So am I to deduce from what you're saying that you've been lacking physical intimacy for some time? Yeah, yes. Like a lot of marriages. And I used to listen to people and friends and saying, sex is not that important. But it turns out maybe it is. No, I mean, I, I think that sex is important. And um, I mean, I know that I sometimes give physical intimacy or sexual intimacy even if I don't feel like it but you know sometimes I kind of um, not treat it as a gift but I but I do it as um, I offer it because I know that my partner enjoys it and so even if I'm not necessarily like in the mood I will still do it anyway because you know I want to make him happy yeah but in marriage it's different you're talking about five, six, seven, eight, ten years down the track. Um, your body changes, lots of things change. Sometimes you don't even want to sleep in the same bed. Uh, and then you get used to it. And then you don't sleep in the same bed for years and years and years. Um, and that's a lot of couples that I realised. Um, I've got some friends and um, they have separate bedrooms. But, you know, their relationship started off that way when they moved in together. And although, the, although they do spend most nights in the same bed, they still have retained those separate bedrooms. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, maybe they're exceptional. But most of the time, I think people still sleep in couches and uh, the spare bedroom, or, and it's not uh, an official thing. I mean, I do find it sad, though, when you start off sleeping in the same bed and then you move in a direction yeah. of, you know, not doing that yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I do think that that's, like, a downward outcome. Yeah. And especially when there's no conversation about it, it just keeps going on like that. So, yeah. And you're sure that your wife doesn't feel like there's anything wrong? Yeah. Yeah. You just get tired of asking each other, that's it. As the hours wore on, the crowd began to thin out. When it became clear that the reception was over, that's also when it was unravelled. Literally. Those who were left were encouraged to take what they wanted of the flowers. People sat upon the pillars and undid the good work of the decorators until green stems and bits of fern littered the floor. 
Although the reception was over, the party was definitely not. Our next destination was a karaoke bar on George Street. Those who decided to party on left the reception in cab ride-sized clusters. I jagged a ride with the Jap crew and their partners. At the front desk of the karaoke place, a few members of our group struck up a conversation with a couple who were on their way out. Somehow, they persuaded the couple to join us, and they ended up singing the first number. We farewelled the couple and the party went on. Then it was time for a toast. And again, I heard the story about the fated Japanese class, which brought Ken and these friends together. We need some embarrassing moments of yeah. Peggy. Yeah, this is like uh, the X rated. It's more like embarrassing for me. But <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Anyway, so I met Ken about nine years ago um, when we were studying Japanese at Tech. One of the memories that I actually remember was doing my bucks. Um, it was the first time in my life that I passed out after my, my bucks and I blacked out but when I woke up, for some reason I was in Ken's second bedroom and I was wearing nothing except for my undies. So, that was Ken's best man as well. Yeah. So, I just wanted to say that... With a smile on your face. <laughs> Ken, you're a great guy, and I truly think that yeah, one of the greatest guys that I know. Um, and Katie, you're such a lucky girl to have someone like Ken who will really go out and actually look after you. And I, I, I really uh, you know, do appreciate that. So look, I know we just got water, but if you've got a glass of water, I'd like to raise a toast. We all got water. Water's great. I like water. Water's great. Water's great. Cheers. The prelude. The prelude. As you mark for the next chapter of your lives. And here's cheers to the prelude. I'm the one wearing the apron at home. I dedicate this to all the people here. So here's the thing. Before Ken's wedding, I don't think I'd fully appreciated what a great person he is. We've known each other for four years, but I'd only seen him maybe twice a year, and between our conversations over WhatsApp, there have tended to be long breaks. I'd been surprised even when he invited me to his wedding, albeit very pleasantly surprised. It took being part of his wedding, hearing the exchange of vows, being around his friends and hearing their testimonies, to put things into perspective. I'd thoroughly enjoyed Ken's company each time we caught up, but I took for granted how quietly generous he's always been with his time and attention, and how thoughtful and considerate he is. I'm truly lucky to be his friend. Three weeks after the wedding, 
Ken and I finally found the time to talk. Hello? Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'd spoken to a lot of people in Ken's life about his wedding, their own weddings, and relationships. And I was really keen to hear his reflections on the day and what it all meant to him. So it's been like, what, three weeks now since the wedding? Yeah, yeah, about three weeks. Yeah, okay. And um, do you feel like getting married has changed your relationship in any way? Uh, not really, because we can't live together before the wedding. So in terms of living arrangement, it's not a drastic change since the wedding. Getting married is more psychologically transform how you think and you know your mind would before it's kind of still very independent like you still think that you and your partner or your girlfriend are a separate entity but after the wedding I kind of telling myself that from this point on it's no longer two separate person it's kind of like one team or one entity or one that were together. So it's no longer your priority and her priority. It's like our priority, what's our priority, and that's what we aim for. That's basically on my mind ever since then. Did you expect that to happen? That um, and, it's, and, and is that kind of um, part of why you wanted to get married, in order to kind of come together as like one entity? No, I don't really put too much thought about it before the marriage. But afterwards, it's kind of very obvious that this is the right approach to take. You know, after you got married, you can't still think this is me, this is you, this is mine, this is yours, and we're separate. And yeah, and that's the biggest change. Um, it's it's within, it's not something you can see. But I think it's a very big deal. I think it is a big deal, and um, I mean, I'm sure that you and her and a lot of people out there who get married see it as being um, or hope that it will be a partnership for life. Um, does that thought scare you? I mean, you're in your late 30s now, right? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm yeah. 40. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so you've still got like a good number of decades ahead of you. You, yeah. You're probably like only halfway through your life or something at this point. Oh, yeah. Does it scare you, the idea of... um? being with just or maybe not even scared but you know how do you feel about the idea of being with just one person for another like 40 odd years uh i understand that fear of wow from now on there's no you like there's no your own individuality anymore there is some aspect of me going wow okay that's quite big you know it's i'm not scared of it though Time to settle down and start family, or you know, settle down to be with Katie, and it's the obvious step to take. You still have time and space to do things that you enjoy, and I think that's really important to have that something that it's yourself. But I think that the priorities changed. That comes second: your individuality, your own time, and your own space. In a way, it's not as important as before. Whereas the most important thing now it's it's what's made us together or it's what what holds us together it's it's us and that doesn't really scare me you just need that when you love someone and when you commit yourself to someone you just have to have that because you can't put yourself above 
total sense to me. I brought up my recollection that, across our friendship, Ken had already seemed to prioritise their relationship before they got married, and in a way that was different to what I'd noticed him doing with other girls he'd dated. Hmm. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. I mean, that's what sets her apart, I think, that she has the power. Or it just gradually dawned on me that, well, I don't put myself as the top priority anymore, whereas before in previous relationship, I still do that. And I can't really explain it. <laughs> I just think that, you know, when I'm being with Katie, she's so wonderful, she's so amazing that she deserves everything. So I think that sets her apart. You know, and then you just slowly understand that, wow, okay, just need to meet more, provide more, and then realizing that that the, the relationship is the most important, not yourself. And you're right, I mean, that itself sets her apart compared to my previous relationships. Mm. Although, as your friend, um, before you got married and when I saw these kind of changes in you, um, like I have to say that I was a bit worried for you that, um, <laughs> you know, that you were kind of potentially sacrificing a lot of yourself for somebody else and you know like I was just worried that um you know that you might lose yourself in a way mm-hmm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. yeah yeah and and I, I think you know previously when I was younger and you see other people in other relationships and other marriages and you see them some of them break down and some of them end up separated and try to understand why what's the reason why drove them apart and I can see that um having your own thing it's important it's actually one of the stories that I was told oh, back when I was a teenager I went back to Hong Kong I saw my cousin and he took me to his teacher's wedding and then the ceremony there I think um, it was Catholic and the priest was saying a story where at the ceremony each of the couple they have their own candle and they lit a third candle and then what other people do is that they once once after they lit the third candle, a common candle, they extinguish their own. And he's explained that no, you're not supposed to do that. A common third candle symbolizing your marriage your marriage life, but you're still supposed to have your own candle to burn, to have your own life, to have your own space and time, to have your own thing, to have your own ideas and ambitions and, and things like that. And I think that subconsciously have a very big impact on me and that kind of explained um, a lot of relationships that I see that worked out or that didn't work out. It's, it's If you have only the marriage and not yourself, you kind of lost a bit of yourself and that may not be the ideal way to, to go into a marriage, I think. You still need to have your own, um, to have that identity because you know, you do need to have something for your partner to love. You can't just have nothing so your partner can't relate to you. And I think that's what sets a lot of relationships apart. Yeah. So nothing is really changing except that, you know, I guess taking this um, step means that you feel a bit more comfortable progressing on to other things. So speaking of that, what do you think is next for you guys? Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, we're not really a person that plans too far ahead in the future, I think. 
So it's not like, oh, we have to do this next, we have to do that milestone next and stuff. Um, we have so similar personalities that we can't deal with stress too much. We just want to take every day as, as it comes by and we just deal with situations that come, as they come along. And so at the moment, we don't have much plans going forward in terms of next step, you know, easier work and just to get back to normal life first because, you know, planning a wedding is actually quite stressful. <laughs> to start a family together? Oh yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's not something that we're like, well, we'll have to or we have to uh, plan things. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, for us, we don't really plan to that degree. I mean, you know, it would be lovely to that it happened, but it's not like something that we would want to impose on ourselves. I feel like it's usually the woman who gets kind of more anxious about when to have a baby and all that sort of thing. Um, I mean, there is a bit of an age difference between you and Katie in that she's a lot younger and you're nearing your 40s. I guess if a child isn't on the radar too soon, how do you feel about being like an older father? Uh, <laughs> that's a good question because all my friends are saying, oh, you'll prefer to have your baby earlier because, you know, you need a lot of energy to take care of them. Don't leave it too late, you know things like that and I always don't understand that point of view I mean I, I can't understand where they're coming from is that you know it does take a lot of energy and focus to take care of a baby or to take care of a kid but I think ultimately you want to live your life first you want to be ready you don't want to be in a way you don't want to force yourself to the next stage of life because wow I'll get tired because of looking after a baby because I uh, he's a certain age that never seems logical to me. I think it's more like when you're mentally ready, when you're emotionally ready to raise a kid, then you take that step. Hmm. So do you feel a lot less stressed now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, compared to before the wedding, yeah. Yeah, I remember like you know, before we were planning the wedding, you know, I was have the space and time to go to the gym, to study, to just think about other stuff. Now I'm getting back into it, like, you know, getting back to that to that normal cycle. Mm. Uh, then, yeah, then we'll see where uh, the next step takes us. You've been listening to Love, Canberra. I want to extend my deepest gratitude to Ken and Katie Katie and Ken for letting me record at their wedding and turn everything into this episode. I can reveal that the two of them are expecting their first child later this year and I'm sure it's going to be the start of a long and happy adventure. The theme music is by Proletaire. Details for the interstitial music are in the show notes. If you like the show, please tell a friend the old-fashioned way or in any newfangled way of your choosing. And don't forget to subscribe. Get in touch at lovecanberrapodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear what you thought of this or any other episode, or suggestions for future shows. That's it for now. Thanks for listening.